ready to become everyone's favorite brand? But you're not quite sure of how to build and grow your brand in a more strategic and sustainable way? Then this is the show for you. Welcome to Brainstalk Podcast. I'm your host, Brigitte Balkowski. Dive with me into the world of brands. Experts from different fields and industries will share their perspective on brands locally and on a global scale. Established companies and startups will talk about their brand stories, the challenges they face, but also the chances and hidden opportunities that arise leveraging today's digital world and making uncertainty to their advantage. Let's get started and dive with me into the world of brains. My guest today is in international marketing, sales and business development and has a passion for personal branding and social media. She has earned her Bachelor in International Business Administration and Economics at Leopold Franzens University in Innsbruck, Austria, and studied international management and marketing at University of Miami in the US. She started her professional career at Unilever Austria, followed by executive positions with Sara Lee in Germany, CE, and Italy. Moving on from cosmetics to textile lingerie and onward to jewelry, managing US, Canada, South America, and Spain for the Freywell brand. After many years abroad, she returned to her home country, Austria, moving also further into the digital marketing realm, as well as the publishing industry as an executive and a consultant. Women's magazines are still her major pillar when it comes to the media landscape in Austria, and up to until 2018, she has been responsible for the leading magazines B2C and B2B marketing, as well as the brand development into new lines of business. Two years ago, she eventually decided to become a solopreneur and founded her own company. I warmly welcome Maria Gruber. Welcome to my podcast, Friends Talk. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Thank you for being here, Maria. Can you tell us a little bit about your background story and in particular about the different work experiences you made on the way to what you're doing now? I grew up in, in the mountains of Austria in a small village and right after school decided to go out and conquer the world. <laughs> and yes, I always knew I wanted to work in an international environment. I always was very intrigued by marketing and languages and working with people, especially the communication area. And so I studied international business administration, always had the plan to go abroad, you know, to spend at least a year in a non-German speaking country. My initial favorite was France, but then the US opened up and I said, well, if you have the opportunity to go to the United States um, and study there, you have to take that opportunity. So um, this was my first let's say, a very big milestone in also in my future career because living abroad, living in the U.S., soaking up culture, learning the language and, um, yeah, moving on to become eventually an expert in marketing and international management. 
it felt so right to me and I really loved it. So uh, you mentioned all part of my career and my career steps and I really enjoyed working for the big companies, learning a lot about branding and uh, brand management and communications. And I always wanted to work with people, work in marketing, work internationally with different people, different cultures. And I always enjoyed working with um, real products, consumer marketing side. Your track record shows an interesting career with several big corporate brands. Now you're working with another strong brand, Young Living, which is an essential oil company. Can you give us some insights about Young Living with regards to what does the brand exactly stand for? What is the vision and mission? How is it positioned in the market? Young Living is an essential oil company, as you said, and it is the global player. It is the world's leader in essential oils. This I didn't know from the beginning. I was introduced to Young Living by a friend, which is part of the business model. It's the consumer, let's say the consumer to consumer marketing model. So I got introduced and I fell in love with the product, which is all about not only essential oils, but daily and household products, body care products, cosmetics from nature. So it's all about 100% organic products, natural products. It's, it's shown in the vision of the company. So the vision says a healthy home for each of us, a healthy world for all of us. It's a family business. It was founded by a couple, the family Young. That's where the name derives from, Young Living. And it's still a family business. And it's, it was founded based on this urge and desire to make our health better, to improve our health and to improve the whole world by using natural products. The mission basically is to bring essential oils in every home and to make it a household name, to take those ancient, um, traditional, um, natural products and reintroduce them into our modern world and to show people how you can reduce, you know, synthetic products, how you can improve your own well-being using natural products. So this is the core of the company. Mm, this shows that Young Living's vision and mission are deeply rooted in social responsible values. What made you decide on working with Young Living eventually? And what is the business model exactly? How does it work? I just started as a consumer and using the product. The product is the core, the core of the company, but it's, uh, it's so much more that eventually brought me into the business and working with this company. Um, it's the whole community. It's the community of like-minded people, of connecting people with each other, of working also on an international basis, since Young Living is a global player. And the main business model, it's, it's e-commerce, it's online shopping. So everybody gets their products via the web shop and buy them online. And what we do as partner, as independent distributors, what we're called as well, is we, we share the products. We share the products and we share the income opportunity, which is an option. Because the business model behind Young Living for over 25 years now is network marketing or multi-level marketing, direct selling and network marketing all became so huge, of course, with the internet. So it's an e-commerce business and we're not going from door to door with our products. We don't buy products and then present them and sell it to other people. 
some are still doing the let's say old party plan concept because we as women we just love to mingle and get together and uh, have coffee and chat so this is still part of it because it's all about the community and getting together and exchanging ideas and and experiences with the products and helping each other but mainly network marketing nowadays it's so much more it's it's really about using social media for what it's set up you know to be social to build a community to share your own life and your, your products and everything we move into education we move into sharing and the big pillar what i'm doing due to my background is also sharing about um, the business opportunity this company has To summarize, how is Young Living as a network marketing business different to the traditional and classic sales business? Young Living, like all network marketing companies, the basis is the product. If you don't like the product, if you don't, if you're not a customer yourself, you cannot do it as a business. So that makes it very different from a classic sales job or another selling organization. We are consumers of our own products and we share those benefits and those stories and those experiences we make and we help others to share their stories and their experiences. So there's two legs involved. One is really the product side of sharing the product and the other one is helping others to, to build an income out of it. Being part of this network is being part of a community, sharing all the values which are so nicely embedded in its mission and vision. Such a community also creates stickiness to the brand. In a sense, you create loyal customers, so to say, keeping them in the loop and not losing them to the competing brands. So who is your customer exactly? What segments are you appealing to? Maybe from a demographic and lifestyle segmentation point of view? Young Living as a brand attracts all kinds of um, health-oriented, wellness-oriented people. So it's basically in many, many countries in the world, it's a consumer household brand that stands for highest quality, 100% organic products, protecting the environment and um, supporting your health. So basically, Young Living is caters for all households and for families in general, because of course, it's a brand that is used in our homes. So we use them for personal care products, for cleaning products. But overall, for everybody who wants to support the body systems, who wants to increase their health. When it comes to my community, to my tribe, of course, overall, when living, speaks to women. As you mentioned before, I worked in cosmetics, in lingerie, in jewelry, in women's magazines. So Young Living perfectly matches the previous brands I've worked for because it really caters for women. And women are the main drive of when it comes to wellness and health products. And women are the main buyers when it comes to household products and cosmetics products and body care products. They buy for the whole family. They buy nutrition. They buy supplements. They buy um, body care things. They buy the cleaning products. So main target group is women. Apart from the promising benefits that Young Living products have, which you communicate to your target group, the like-minded women like you are, and besides building your team, your Young Living tribe, as you say, what has motivated you being part of it in the first place? 
couple of years ago when I was uh, in my early 40s, I was just saying to myself, okay, there must be more to it. I want to find a different way of doing business. I want to build my own business and do business my way, combining all my experience I have from the past, but find a company or find products that for me have a higher purpose and can really move ourselves and support ourselves in terms of health and wellness and also a way of working where it gives you freedom and flexibility and yeah develop your own work schedule for me network marketing and the work with young living is a new work model for me i'm not going to the office anymore i'm not sitting in meetings anymore monday to friday 40 50 60 hours a week but i make my own schedule i work remote i work mostly online i can work from anywhere i work when i want to work sometimes i work weekends I work weekdays in the evenings, but I do my own schedule. And there's so many, especially women, also my age, who want to have the same freedom. Who are looking for an opportunity to work, to build their work life around their lifestyle and their private life and find the perfect combination. So this is where I see myself and where I see my target group. I feel very confident and for me it's, it's a perfect match combining and living with my own values and my own stories. I'm coming from the marketing background, the corporate background. I talk a lot about stress management, emotional support, focus, concentration, how I can work with essential oils in this area. I also like to talk about the area of sports and fitness because this is something I personally connect to. Okay, so this perfect combination is about uh, women, it's about marketing, it's a holistic perspective of wellness which also have become the cornerstones of your new journey and that is uh, you have also founded your own company. That is called Maria Gruber. What made you eventually decide to become a solopreneur? A part of the facts that you have already mentioned that you really like to embrace in your life right now. A couple of years ago, I was introduced to the concept of Ikigai, this Japanese word, which basically means finding your purpose in life and finding a meaning. And, or it means the things that you get up in the morning for, that you're really driven and that you get up in the morning or that Monday morning is something you look forward to, you enjoy to. Many people know this concept. For me, it was the name was new. The concept is known in different areas. And I found out that Ikigai, it searches around four concepts. And only half of them, I had a fulfillment. Or let's say I met only two of the four concepts. Because the four concepts are what you're good at, what you can be paid for. So I was good at doing marketing, branding, working in a corporate environment, and I got paid for it. But I was missing out on the two other pillars of Ikigai, which means what is that you love doing and what is something the world needs. So it was a process. I was working for amazing brands, big brands, great products, but at a certain point I realized is this what the world really needs? And is it what I love to do? I said, I want to um, become a solopreneur 
to follow this road, this path of Ikigai, and really find my Ikigai. Ikigai is not a moment. It's not something you found and then you have it. For me, Ikigai is something you work on, and it's it's probably a lifelong learning and experiencing. It's not an autobahn forward. It's not a straight line. But it's something you can really focus on constantly, best you do it daily, that you work on your Ikigai and that you really do something you're good at with your skills, your personality, your knowledge, your experiences, something the world also needs, you love doing, and eventually it should be something you get paid for because we all need to earn our income, we need to earn our living. So that's why I became a solopreneur. Thank you for picking up on the concept of uh, Ikigai. I also use it and it is really helpful in finding solutions focusing on these four pillars. Maria, um, with regards to your company, what exactly do you offer? Why would a client ask for your help? Or in customer centricity terms, what are the pain points you can turn into gain points? And who is your customer exactly? With my own company, I'm focusing on the two pillars. One we talked about already is the network marketing. So I partnered with the company called Young Living. We are distributing, let's say distributing, healthcare natural products. And we're building a team, which means I support others doing the same. The second pillar is being 20 years in marketing jobs and business development jobs. I want to pass this on to other people. So I want to coach other people in building their brands, in starting their personal career and become an entrepreneur. So I've been working for the big guys, the big corporations. I'm not going to go into marketing consulting and stick with those guys because my own journey has changed. I became a solopreneur. I'm in the process of building my own brand, using all the knowledge and experience I have from the big guys, from my corporate jobs, so I feel um, on this journey of becoming a solopreneur myself, I live and breathe this new adventure. And this is what I'm looking to give others to. So my target group in these areas are solopreneurs, mostly other women starting a new business or already having a business, but wanting to build a brand, working on their strategies and their communications. These are my clients in terms of I support them, whatever the business is, I support them in the personal branding journey and I also on the other side support my own partners and team members in their personal journey, in their building their own brand. At the end of the story, it's about us building this team, our own little companies and bringing in our own lifeblood, our authenticity, our personality. If it's Young Living you're using or if it's your own business with product and service you're starting. So this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm focusing on. Hmm, this is really interesting. Maria, are you willing to share an example of how you successfully have created, grown or managed a brand or different brands? Or is there maybe a specific project on brands that was particularly exciting or rewarding for you, which you want to share with us? Of course, without necessarily naming names. I'm super grateful that I had the privilege to work with uh, a large range of brands from huge household names to small specialty brands, brands with a long history, very new brands. And every brand is different, of course, and it requires different strategies. Of course, I was super proud and happy to work for one of the main women's magazines brands in Austria and launched a big branding campaign and 
this was really a huge project. I think every marketer is proud if not only having a, a budget, but really have the opportunity to look into a brand essence, to work on it, to develop it, to work on the whole analysis, the target group, and, and bring it. And the end product is a campaign. The end product is what the consumers see, the visual manifestation of the brand, campaign, TV spots, whatever it is at the end. That's very rewarding. That's really rewarding. I think it's for everybody. As I said, I've worked for small specialty brands, and it's exciting too because it's it's a completely different work, and you have a niche market, and you can focus so much more on your on your target group, on your consumers, and develop uh, tactics to reach them. So this is also very rewarding. I can say that I've never worked for a brand that hasn't rewarded me in a sense of I learned something from it. I hopefully I could uh, improve the brand standing and the brand positioning and contribute something to the corporation's success. So every brand I worked for had something that intrigued me, that challenged me, that excited me. And I'm very thankful for that, that I had this opportunity. Uh, Maria, are you also willing to share any challenges with a brand uh, that was a major learning for you? Something that went not so well or you might consider as a failure or a mistake, but was important for your learning and growing from it going forward. Would you share such an example with us? So something that we can take away from this? I had the opportunity to work for the same brand in Germany and the same brand in Italy. And it was a, uh, an international brand with the same uh, product. But the challenge was really to launch the brand for the specific target group. So the German target group and the German consumer, oh gosh, it's nothing like the Italian consumers. And even working in Italy, you cannot compare a consumer in Northern Italy to a consumer in Southern Italy. And still, it's the same products, it's the same brand. I say me or we, because it's always a teamwork and it's always a, a corporate decision. You make mistakes when you launch brands. You think you always have to weigh, like there's a global brand and the global essence and the brand positioning. And you have to weigh with the local market and the local target group in terms when it comes to okay, communication plans and tactics and sales strategy and PUS uh, promotions. There was failure, there was some success, but there was also failure involved because it's just, you cannot put a global strategy into a local market and just copy paste things. So this is something I experienced firsthand. Yeah, I learned from it a lot because you really have to adapt things. You have really the challenge to keep the brand essence, the positioning, um, but really adapt in terms of how you communicate and how you introduce the product and the brand into the market. So there was failure involved and a lot of learning. So this is what I can tell from, from a big brand perspective. So speaking of small brands, And if you have the possibility to shape your own brand and to build your own brand, so the most important thing is to know who you're marketing to. Always um, put yourself in the consumer's shoes, in the customer's shoes, and really see where the value is, not the facts. But you need to become a perfect storyteller and you need to 
bring emotion into the story. No matter how the brand looks like and how your logo looks like and how is the visual performance and, and the products must be great. And that's all the basics. That's the fundamental thing. But when it comes to branding and communications, every brand needs an essence, needs emotion, needs a heart, and needs to find this bridge, this connection to the consumer. To sum up my learning, even if you have a big brand who works and performs in one market, it's not necessarily performing and working in another market. Speaking about uh, country market differences and also cultural differences, uh, um, since you are working now with a US-based company, Young Living, do you see also here differences of building and managing brands in the US versus in Austria? I think it's not so much about U.S. brand, Austrian brand, or, or, or building a brand in the U.S. or in, in Europe. There's so many factors. Of course, it has a lot to do with the target group, with the product categories you work in. I think it's very brand-specific how you have to work on it. I was working for an Austrian brand in the U.S., for example, and we had to position the brand in a different way than in Austria. Young Living is... I'd say it was born and raised in the U.S., but it became a global brand and it's a multi-billion corporation, let's say. And it stands for, for the high quality and the brand essence and the natural products and, and all that's there. But the way you talk to, to your target group in Austria is definitely different than in the U.S. Because in the U.S. you talk differently to the people. It's just the way it is. But also in Italy, you talk different to the people. And now talking about the, the whole wellness area, when it comes to organic, natural products, in Austria, there's a different awareness than in, in other countries. And we are quite ahead when it comes to organic nutrition, organic products. It's a different challenge to working an international brand and of course, elaborate on, on the quality and on the extra benefits. At the end of the day, I think it all comes down to your, to your own beliefs and your authentic communication you're doing, no matter which country you work in. Um, I had the privilege to work in a lot of different international countries. It's so much more about the cultural differences and how you approach people, and then comes the brand. It's never a standalone thing and you can only position a brand if you consider the culture at the end, the personality of the people. Yes, absolutely. There are brands out there, even strong brands, failing because of cultural differences. They did not factor in their marketing strategies when making inroads into new country markets. Uh, from your perspective, what are some brand building essentials for a solopreneur for someone who is starting his or her own business, can you give us some advice, any strategic recommendations, any best practices maybe? In terms of personal branding, and this is something I focus on because I, I coach a lot of solopreneurs, I'm a solopreneur myself, I think the main foundation is that you, your brand has to reflect yourself. You have to feel the brand, you have to be the brand, you have to breathe it. You cannot sell a product or a service that is not in line with your own values, in line with your own personality. Because in personal branding, you are the brand and you can only authentically create a business if your heart is in it and if 
the, the brand, the, per, the product, the service you're doing matches your personality, your value. Like I feel this so much myself because I so much believe in these products and love those products. And I believe in the whole, it's not a trend, it's a must for us, the sustainability and uh, the protection of our environment, our planet, and the contribution to society. So I feel so connected to the products I'm working with and I'm selling, let's say. And this is important for every solopreneur, for every personal brand, no matter the industry, no matter the industry. It's just you need to have this connection. It's not you as a pillar and your, your company as a pillar. You are the company. Yeah, indeed. I totally agree. As a solopreneur, you're a personal brand and even so your own company. Um, Maria, COVID-19, how did you as a business experience this crisis? Did it affect you? If so, how did you cope with the challenges or on the positive side, can you pick up on chances that you see out of that crisis? My business was affected in terms of, of course, I didn't do any marketing coaching. Of course, I was not attracting new clients in this period because when it comes to the coaching business, it's a lot about I build it on personal relationships. I build it on personal contact. I'm such a people person and I'm also a coffee shop person. Yeah? So I meet a lot of people all the time for coffee breaks, for lunch breaks. So this was not the time for me to reach out to people and look for business in terms of marketing coaching. On the other hand, running my network marketing business was giving me a stable business because it's e-commerce, people continue to shop online, and it's in health and wellness products. I mean, we, we had out-of-stock issues because we have a lot of products that support our immune system and our wellness, overall wellness, and uh, cleaning products and everything, and we ran out of products. So from a business point of view, of course, there were sales. People were shopping for those products more than ever. This for the product side. So um, let's say this was stable because we are grateful and we have the benefit to be in the e-commerce business. And like all other e-commerce businesses, they were thriving. In terms of the network marketing business, it was an interesting time because we had people in our network that started looking into this income opportunity facing the outside threat or actual, actual fact of not having another business or fearing of job loss or, okay, maybe I need to think about an alternative. What's going on in my life? How do I want to earn my money in the future? Maybe I should think of a, a side business or something else I can do. Um, so that I'm not dependent on one business only or one job only. So it was an interesting time in this whole network marketing community overall, I think. Are there any current consumer and business trends, in particular when it comes to brands and network marketing, that you're following with particular interest? Trends that have developed over time or rather recently as a result of the crisis, perhaps? I personally, um, and from my background, I always love to follow consumer trends and what's going on in the long term with our societies. And some of the top consumer trends, I think I'm living proof and they affect me a lot. And they're also main drivers of my own business. I like to pick out three of them. One is definitely the healthy living trend. 
that people nowadays are more focused on their health, their fitness, their overall well-being. They look for alternative health solutions, alternative products. And this is, well, it's, it's a major trend that goes on. And people looking to nutrition, people looking to stay fit and healthy. That's a big trend. And this is the, the business, the industry I'm working in, and I'm grateful for it. The other one is, of course, the whole online business, the online market, the e-commerce market, digital shopping. We sell our products online. And the third one, I think, is even the most profound one, is this purpose first. I think it's a, and I've, I've been reading about those consumer strengths, that people more and more have the desire to find a purpose and the desire to contribute. Wonderful. Thank you, Maria. Uh, before coming to the end of our show, I would like to do a quick word wrap with you. Are you ready to give me quick and short answers? Let's do this. So what makes you special when it comes to communication? Communication is everything. And if you communicate, you have to put in not only your voice, your voice, your words, your body, but also your emotions, your connections. Communication is always a connection between people. And um, I love to communicate. Freedom. Freedom is everything for me. It's time freedom. It's um, location freedom. That I can work from anywhere, that I have the freedom to make my own schedule, the freedom I choose to do what I want to do. So freedom is everything to me. Freedom for me is about traveling and being out in the world. Hmm. Social media. Social media is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I became, from my personality type, I'm a social media person. I just love to share things and I love to connect with people, with friends all over the world and um, yeah I like social media and you have if you use it right if you use it consciously and um, be aware of what it is and what it does and what it means um, it can benefit your life mm -hmm. brand building everybody is his or her personal brand okay network marketing network marketing is about people being with people and doing business with people and building a community and working together for a better, bigger thing that you cannot do on your own. You always need a team and you always need your tribe. Mm -hmm. Maria, for listeners who would like to find out more about you, about Young Living and about your marketing, coaching or the income opportunity you offer, where can they find you and maybe get in touch with you? They can Google me and they find me everywhere. But of course, uh, you, they can just go on mariagruber.com or connect with me on one of my favorite platforms, Instagram where you can find me under Maria and the good life because this is what it's all about, leading a good life and um, yeah, supporting others and doing the same. Maria, thank you so much for being my guest today on Brands Talk. It was a pleasure having you here and it was really interesting to talk to you about the brand Young Living and about your own personal branding journey. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Brigitte, for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. 
that was my conversation with Maria Gruber. For more information about Maria Gruber, you can check the show notes for this episode provided on my website, brentfit.at, under news. If you want to get in touch with me, drop me an email under office at brentfit.at or check out my webpage, brentfit.at, to become everyone's favorite friend. In case you like my show, make sure you subscribe to the Brainstalk podcast. I hope you will stay tuned in on the next episode when we dive into the world of brains. Brainstalk.